the debut match, the kickoff match, is the ever so long feud of the Fiend reemerge against Randy Orton in this. I don't know. There's there's a thing of like when you look back on the past best feuds in the industry, The Rock, Stone Cold, Angle, Lesnar, uh, Hogan, Rock. I mean, just these great storylines, you know, Undertaker, Mankind. Um, Fiend and Orton just feels weird. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think, in my opinion, one of the absolute worst things that a a wrestling storyline can be uh, is incoherent. Uh, and this this storyline at this point is, is is incoherent to me. Uh, and more than that, you know, uh, incoherent and self serious. That's like an absolute killer combination uh, in a bad way. Uh, and that's what this feud has become, in my opinion. Uh, it it still it takes itself too seriously, and no one has any idea what's going on at any given point. And clarity is not likely to come anytime soon, I don't think, either. Um, you know, I think Bray Wyatt as sort of, a, you know, a, you know, a wrestling mind is, you know, really interesting and probably one of the more creative uh, minds in wrestling now and has been for several years at this point. I think he makes great, awesome first impressions with his characters, but they're just not sustainable. I mean... You know, his, you know, original sort of cult leader character was great, did last a good while, you know, and were very one of the hottest things in the company for a while. But, you know, breaking up that faction, you know, was sort of a death toll and all the times they reunited and broke up again and they were all over the place. And, you know, they never just seemed to get anywhere with all his, you know, sort of, you know, uh, prophesizing and foretelling and preaching and things like that really never amounted to much um and that's what this fiend feud is like the fiend you know arrives in this new packaging that's very impressive uh you know i think people like the firefly funhouse i think they like the way the fiend is presented on tv but geez like his matches are bad for the most part uh and they you know the stories don't seem to go anywhere or at least not anywhere really satisfying you know, all I could think about, you know, in the buildup to this match was, you know, I hope they redeem themselves for their last WrestleMania match, which is one of the worst that I can remember of the last, you know, several years. Uh, and I don't think that happened. It was, you know, the entrances were brutally long, but the best thing I can say about this match was it was, you know, mercifully short and Randy Orton won, you know, it it is it, it, it in a different way. It was another weird Bray Wyatt Fiend match. So the year before you had the John Cena insane like interdimensional timeline loop travel match. Mm -hmm. And this year was complete opposite of that. It's like short filler with a weird twist that it's like... And where's that going to go? I don't know. Are they going to do a match versus... Alexa Bliss and the Fiend. I don't think they. What if it was a three-way match? It was Orton, Fiend, and Alexa Bliss. No, God, please, just let Orton move on to anything else. I mean, he was he was great this year when he was WWE champion or chasing the WWE champion. You know, let him stay in that hunt. Let him stay in that you know 
you know, title picture or that upper mid card picture. Uh, I think that's, you know, the best spot for him. I don't think he should be, you know, doing this supernatural feud with the fiend. I don't think it's that good. And speaking of doing nothing with the fiend, like I think Alexa needs like six to eight months off camera and just, I don't know if you want to redo the image of her a couple of years ago where she was just the bad girl and mm-hmm. you know, little miss bliss thing, but yeah, it's, it's done. We get I, it. I don't mind, you know, if they want to move on with Alexa bliss as a, you know, single star again, I don't mind if they keep some of the supernatural element for her uh, because I, I found, I found that she, you know, more reliably delivers on what she's given than, Bray yeah, does she honestly. delivers on screen. The only thing I have a really bad problem with is she's probably the worst at kayfabe because <laughs> you know, like it's weird because like I'll see these commercials with like Bobby Lash, like I'm Bobby Lashley, your WWE champion. I want to talk to you about being a good person and anti Like You are the top heel. The fuck <laughs> am I watching right now? And then it's like Alexa Bliss with her Twitter account and her love with Ryan Cabrera and all these cute things she does in life. <laughs> I'm like, what? I don't. Like wrestlers I know in general are are awful at kayfabe. Like, like Strowman being one too. Like his thing, uh, what is his name? Adam Sher in real life. Like he does workout promos and videos. He's like doing charity work. I'm like, look, that's great and all, but like, my God, like have some like instincts of your character kind of thing, you know? And yeah, and Alexa just kind of annoys me just because like you know you got the whole like tormented soul thing, and then it's like, look at us having dinner. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, uh, I can totally see, you know, if you're a, a real believer in kayfabe, uh, how, how that could be annoying. I personally, I've, you know, I don't blame anybody for for breaking it at this point. I mean, the thing is just inherently broken at this point. Everybody, the jig is up when it, when it comes to, you know, pro wrestling for the most part, which, you know, has its downsides, but it has its upsides too. You know, I mean, I want to believe, man, it's. <laughs> I want to believe. Give this to me. Let's move on mm-hmm. to the next uh, dumpster fire. Um, <laughs> so we had the night before the tag team tomorrow what led into this tag team mess, and it is the default champions of Nata- of uh, of uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler against Natalia and Tamina. There's there's some rivalry with Tamina and Nia Jax, which was never really explained very well why they split apart and Nia teamed up with, with Shayna just because ultimately like the image of the two of them makes sense in some degree. But at the same time, it's like eh, another filler match. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I have no problem with giving matches to sort of locker room leaders and respected veterans. And that's exactly who Natalia and, Tamina are, you know, to the the business nowadays, you know, Natalia can still really go and handle herself in the ring. And, you know, you can reliably put her in anywhere, you know, in that women's division and she'll deliver Uh, Tamina, not so much, but she still has that respected veteran sort of position in the company. That being said, uh, you know, this match just didn't do anything for me. You know, I never really believed that, Natalia and Tamina had a chance to win this thing because I I didn't even know they were a team until the first night of WrestleMania. <laughs> you know, it seemed just like an arbitrary decision to have them tag together, uh, let alone win that first match. So I I didn't have any, you know, I was rooting for, you know, Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot in night one. Uh, 
I'm capable of like, you know, rooting for somebody, even if they beat my favorite team, but I just didn't think, you know, there just wasn't a lot of juice to that team or to this matchup, you know, and I don't think people have been particularly hot about, you know, Shayna Baszler or Nia Jax as a team either. I think most people, you know, aren't, you know, a lot of internet fans don't really like Nia Jax's work and they think Shayna Baszler is being underutilized or utilized incorrectly in this sort of tag team role. You know, what it feels like WDB does with tag teams nowadays is it's like, have you ever like been in college or you've been in like a church group and then like you're in a big setting or summer camp and the counselor's like, all right, everyone find a partner. And you just turn to whoever the hell's next to you. And it's like, all right, let's just, let's just do this. Hey, what's up? <laughs> How are you? Yeah. I don't yeah. want to do this either, but hey, it's very are. arbitrary. And to a certain extent, like you have to be in that, in the women's, you know, tag division, I, you know, there haven't been a lot of like really long time women's tag teams uh, for them to just rely on and be able to point to and say, you know, these might not be the two best single stars, but they are a team. And that's why, you know, they are the the best in this division because they're a team Uh, hardly anybody. And this is again, why I point to Ruby riot and Liv Morgan being a missed opportunity. Hardly anybody in there has like long-term tag team experience uh with the other with that particular team they were performing with except for Liv Morgan and Ruby Ruby Riot you know so i don't know uh yeah i mean this match and it was too bad you know they really needed after that first match i think they really needed a hot second you know match to sort of pick things back up and they didn't get it and i don't think they really recovered from having two sort of plodding not so hot matches right at the beginning of the show so speaking of team, next match brings it uh, brings us to. I wasn't a fan of the idea of this at first uh, because we've seen this rivalry. I mean, for literally a very long time. I mean, mm-hmm. great friends in real life. I mean, this is like the reincarnation of uh, Triple H and The Rock in a way, where uh, the different storylines, but the essential core is there, where one's good, one's bad, uh, and they just know each other inside and out. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. Owen still being a, a, a top face on SmackDown and Sammy being evolved now to basically a conspiracy theorist who's like on the brink of going crazy. And for whatever reason, you bring in Logan Paul. Uh, <laughs> I, I despise Logan Paul. I think he and his brother, Jake Paul, are just part of the reason why the internet is terrible, why YouTube is terrible, why YouTube influencers in general are inspired by being douchebags and i hope he loses in his match this weekend in pay-per-view but anyway <laughs> uh it, it, it didn't make any sense to me i mean yes it's a fun sammy and, and, and kevin match but the only thing i got out of this was that logan paul took a stunner and looked like he got his neck ripped off mm-hmm. yeah gosh that was i mean i don't like logan paul either and i, I that was very satisfying i mean kudos to wwe to knowing you know the kind of reaction Logan Paul was going to get when he went out there and capitalizing on that. I mean, they could have presented him as like, you know, a lot of celebrities wouldn't have taken that bump or wouldn't have been okay with being booed. Uh, You know, I get, you know, I give him some amount of credit for being okay with that and going along with it, but more so to WWE uh, to, you know, knowing that he was going to get that heel reaction and capitalizing on it. That was that, that, uh, 
I was totally prepared for his involvement in this match to ruin it or or spoil it. You know what I knew would be a really good match uh, in some way, but that didn't happen. They were able to do a totally excellent match, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and the Logan Paul stuff was, you know, mercifully to a minimum. And then he got, you know, his butt kicked at the very end. It, you know, all, all thumbs up for me. And you know, gosh, you know. I could watch, you know, they've said it before, but I really could watch Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have matches forever. I think they're just that good together. And uh, for them to finally, you know, after all this time to do it specifically at WrestleMania just feels really special. The the thing I like, I do like these matches where it's like really good old friends is where you're going to see the moves that they won't do with anyone else. Exactly. Like, like yeah. the, the the suplex on the apron that like looked yep. like it broke the, both their backs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Owens continues to tease the uh, package pile driver, which used to be his you know indie finisher, uh, and and people love that move. You can you know he teased that at one point. Uh, we got to see some callbacks to their battleground match uh, back in 2017, I think that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and just you know great great work overall. I, you know I still wish the best for both of these you know performers two of my absolute favorites all right let's move over to this is i don't know so we got the u.s title match now uh you got the experience and i I would say i would put sheamus in the hall of fame in about 10 years yeah Uh, he's had a very interesting run he Uh, really has i mean he's got He's got almost all the accolades. Royal Rumble winner. I mean, in a, in a, I think to me, Sheamus reminds me of of this generation's Kane. Started off really hot. Uh, they put him out super early, and he's true and blue WWE. And he does whatever gimmick and whatever match he needs to be into. He's the the heel when they need him to be. He's the entertainment he needs to be. Uh, and they let him reinvent himself over time and repackage himself however the hell he needs. Uh, so you got the the experienced veteran Sheamus versus the brand new uh, called the card a few months ago Matt Riddle U.S. champion and this was um it was interesting uh, I I I didn't really get into it I the only thing I did like was the absolute end finish with the uh, bro kick to the mouth on a backflip yeah uh, incredible finish and uh, I like this match too overall I mean again you know I think. With slightly different sequencing, night two could have really felt a lot better. But ultimately, I don't think anything was going to live up to night one. And, you know, uh, but I, I was satisfied with this match, too. I don't think it was necessarily quite as good as, uh, you know, the match that directly preceded it. Uh, but, you know, I, I thought it was pretty solid. You know, you, you forget, you know, with all the ways that Sheamus has changed over the years, you forget that he's been consistently pretty solid in the ring for the most part, I think. And and Matt Riddle is awesome, too, when, when really given the opportunity to go in the ring. I think they've got him doing a lot of goofball stuff despite him winning the championship and, you know, booked slightly differently. And, you know, I, I don't mind that they embrace his, like, you know, real-life stoner guy attitude, but... He's a legit UFC fighter too, you know. I wouldn't be afraid to, you know, book him as a serious threat either. Uh, and you know, they delivered a pretty solid match. I think they went for a the thing that I stand that stands out in my memory besides the, you know, moonsault into the brogue kick finish was it seemed like they were going for 
you know, a big corner avalanche move that, you know, it was just a little too wet out there for them to do safely. And they had to abandon it. Uh, unfortunately, you know, that might've added something to the match, but you know, definitely not a bad match, very solid. And I found it pretty entertaining. Okay. So you, you go from one eh match to another eh match. I told you earlier today that this was going to be, uh, something I was going to try and not go on the deep end with, but let me just say again, how awful that creative minds of the WWE are and I understand it to a certain degree that it comes from a good place of giving someone a more definite identity that makes them stand out rather than just being uh, another, you know, performer who looks ripped and looks good, but has zero personality. Otherwise, and otherwise you remember him, but the new package Apollo Cruz with the new billing of being from Nigeria with the horrible fake accent let's also point out apollo cruz is from sacramento california is living in orlando florida who's you know what the fuck that's all i gotta (laughs) say right now okay i can go on and on how i i i hate how there's so much stereotype in WWE, where ethnic characters must be some kind of extreme uh, cartoonization of themselves. You got, what's the guy's name, Tanaka, who's like a Japanese mafia character from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got, you know, um, the 90s with, you know, sexism and over-sexualized women. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, just, it's, just, it's just a mockery, kind of. Like, I know... I mean, I know his real life name is very, uh, you know, African influence, but I mean, he has zero traits in real life in in anything else other than that. Um, I don't like at all the whole gimmick of, well, I'm all of a sudden from Nigeria uh, and I'm royalty, blah, blah, blah. Like we've seen it all. I mean, same thing with Jinder Mahal. Jinder mm-hmm. Mahal, exact same damn thing. It's the exact same character, copy and paste it over. And uh, now he has a randomly in, in a, a, an enforcer that, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you have that already with AJ Styles and Omos. But now you have that with Apollo Crews. And it's the same thing where it's a it's an anti-American character uh, I don't know. So, so let me let me also correct myself as I'm going on this rant. So he does have family descendants of Nigeria, mm-hmm. but it's like me, right? Like I am a Vietnamese American. Mm-hmm. I was raised, born and raised in Greenville, South Carolina, proudly a Southern boy for all almost 37 years of my life. Right. If I was a fake character, and all of a sudden they say, "Now you must have an Asian accent, and now you must be." super communist and all these things i'd be like you know what let me just get the contract expiration because i'm out. <laughs> i'm not gonna i've always said this in all my years doing stand-up comedy improv i will never do an asian accent it is just so low-hanging fruit appalling and it is the lowest demeanor to someone of your ethnicities to play a stereotype that is that is unflattering and un 
unapologetic and un just so many words come to mind of like just you're, you're discriminating and you are just being disgusting. I think to me, the only time I ever did some kind of accent in an Asian influence was at, we were playing a game at Alchemy Comedy in Greenville, South Carolina, where we perform at at Coffee Underground, and we were playing the game uh, Replay Pileup, I believe, where mm-hmm. you do a normal scene, very quick scene, then you add like a, an emotion. Then you add like a genre. And then one of the times you replay the scene with all those things is you do an accent and somebody from the audience one time when I was on stage said, uh, okay, so we need an accent for Andrew. And someone said Japanese and the the audience kind of chuckled because the audience is a little racist. They see me, they automatically assume that I'm some kind of closed version to Japanese, which I'm not. Like I said, we're across the pond there. Um, And I I did my best to bite my tongue and honor the wishes. And so when that scene replayed, the only thing I did was like a Mr. Miyagi grunt. I was just like, all I said was, hmm. <laughs> because to me, it was like, it's enough for them to know what I'm trying to get. But it's also to me, similar to me, the how my father would speak a lot of times in public and he would just grunt. So it's like, I'll give you what you want, but not the Andy Rooney high pitch, you know, watching Jing yeah. Chung, whatever shit. That's just uh, uh, boldly offensive. Yeah. And I think that's why the me, the whole Nigerian thing, just it really bothers me that, you know, like, like, like real life Paul Cruz is, is an army brat. He moved around. He's a very intelligent man. He went to Auburn university. Um, he's a great performer. I mean, I've seen him in many matches where he's just like, leaping over the top rope doing crazy flips i mean he is going toe-to-toe with like ricochet shinsuke and just like giving it his all but unfortunately just not everyone has that it factor and so they give him the it factor of oh why don't you be uh what is it the anti-sergeant slaughter the the iron sheik the Mm -hmm. the yokozumo the 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 Bret Hart the, the 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 people who hate America do do that thing that has been done for over forty years. Mm-hmm. Let's just keep doing this stupid ass storyline because Vince McMahon and his old seventy something year old self cannot get over those stupid ass ethnic storylines, and that is mm-hmm. the end of my rant. I apologize. Yeah, no, great rant. I think you Good made a lot God. of great great points in there. Uh, yeah, and I yeah I have to agree. You know, in a, in a lot of in a lot of those respects, I. I think, you know, ethnicity being the beginning and end of somebody's character is something that, you know, should have gone out of fashion, you know, 20, 30 years ago at the very least. And in WWE, you know, that's not exactly the case sometimes. And, you know, it, it is very tough. I, I, I don't know, you know, very much about Apollo Cruz's personal background. I do know that I do want to see him succeed on WWE TV. I think he has all the talent to do that. He's a guy who... You know, I think was pushed up from NXT too early before he sort of really hit his stride there and in the company overall. And he's been floundering since then in a lot of ways. And, you know, as happy as I am to see him get a big WrestleMania match, uh, you're right. You know, I, I don't think the, uh, you know, and, and and I do think he, you know, plays up Nigerian pride in a way that's very good and better than a lot of, you know, ways a character like this would have been handled even 10 years ago. Um, but that being said, you know, I, I think they can do a little bit better and not just, you know, from, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, handling of ethnicity, but 
again, just basic storytelling elements. The end of this, you know, Nigerian drum fight, which didn't feature any drumming. That it I can was tell. a fucking hardcore match with kendo sticks. We've I was, seen that shit. I was, I was relieved that that's all it was. I was expecting oh, yeah, some it weird. Been way worse. It could have been way worse. Yeah, I was expecting some sort of weird, you know, rip off Black Offensive. Panther thing oh, with geez. drumming and things like that. You know, they could have I, gone I, so many directions, and I'm glad they went with the lazy route. Yes, yeah. And and as a match, you know, as a simple hardcore match, not the worst hardcore match I've ever seen by any stretch because both of these guys, again, in this match are really talented uh, guys I want to see succeed in this company. Yeah, but, I, uh, think, but, I, think, I think a horrible storyline, but luckily, two, like you said, like really good performers. And the only thing, the way this had to end was exactly what you said earlier about uh, uh, Biggie and Roman Reigns is that Biggie has had a great singles uh, composition in the past couple months. Like since they split him with New Day, which he's still great with the New Day when they get together. But his intro a, for their match on night one was spectacular. Yeah, especially. he he has been a phenomenal singles guy. He's he's great on the mic. He's lovable. He's probably the best baby face WWE has right now. Mm-hmm. Um and. They they have to get him off the belt without losing cleanly to Apollo because otherwise Apollo looks better and it doesn't make any sense to push him forward. But yes, mm-hmm. the the redebut and package of um what's what's guy's name uh, Dabo Kato whatever. Yeah, uh, Dabo Kato. Yeah, again, uh, like you know, uh, poor, just poor storytelling. We've seen this guy on TV several times as different characters. Uh, and they're expecting he, he ain't expecting, exactly like someone you can like hide. Like yeah. he's a big dude with a yeah. very distinct look. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can. You know, it's an it's sort of, it's a bit of an insult to uh, the intelligence of the fans <laughs> to expect that this is someone we've never seen before. You know, right? We anybody who's been watching. I mean, he was on Raw every single week for two or three months this year you know, as a sort of featured part of their product uh, and to expect the fans not to know that and not to, and to just go along and act as if that's not the case uh, just, you know, feels silly to me. Yeah. It's, 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 it's quite, quite dumb. So let's move on to the next match. This one, uh, we finally ramp up to really good matches towards the end of the night here. We have Asuka uh, uh, who's held on to the belt for a long time. Versus uh, the new debut of Fresh Ray Ripley off the presses of NXT, straight up heel, straight up in your face. I-, I love everything about the gimmick. I love that she just engulfs everything about who she is. She is the quote nicknamed herself the nightmare of the women's division. Mm-hmm. This uh, I thought was just a great finish. I thought like they, I mean. Rhea was a was a powerhouse, and then Oscar was everything you want Oscar to be. Yes. Technical brawler, like a beautiful mix that she always is. The DDT mm-hmm. on on the ring apron, and then everything, and then the end with the pump handle. At the end, I can't remember what her actual move is called, but like just the Riptide, the Riptide. I, that's right. Just just a great finish. I think it was just I, a great great match. I th- yeah, I agree. Probably my favorite match of uh, of night two. I thought you know I love a great match where you really see. Somebody throw every somebody throw, you know, empty out the cupboard, throw everything they can. They got, you know, 
at, at their opponent and, uh, you know, see that person still be able to overcome it. I mean, I felt like uh, that contributed to why I liked that, you know, for that opening match in night one a lot, seeing Drew hit three of what was previously his finisher, the Future Shock DDTs in a row, uh, only for Bobby to, you know, kick out each time. I thought really added to the, you know, the the heat and the hype of that match. And I, I thought, you know, they did similar things uh, in this Asuka and Rhea Ripley match. Um, I thought, you know, we really got to see Asuka, who, you know, for most of her WWE career has been presented as, you know, nearly unbeatable. Um, throw everything against Rhea Ripley and her to still come out with a win. Uh, I will disagree with you about one thing. I do not particularly like the riptide as a, as a finishing maneuver. Um, I think the the pump handle sidewalk slam just, you know, I think Rhea is such an impactful performer. You need a finisher to match the level of impact that she brings just by being herself. Uh, and, and I don't think the riptide is quite it. Now, the avalanche riptide, which we've seen her hit at NXT and may, I think maybe at WrestleMania last year, if I remember correctly, uh, I like that, you know, variation on the maneuver a lot. But uh, simple, you know, pump handle sidewalk slam doesn't exactly do it for me as a finishing maneuver, but great match overall, you know, despite my not quite my favorite finishing maneuver, but that's really nitpicky. It's still, I have to say, uh, probably my favorite match on night two and two of my favorite performers in the company right now overall. I think, uh, I think give it time and she can find something that's maybe more suitable down the road, kind of like how Kevin Owens in the last couple of years is like, oh, I'll just do a stunner with the approval now. Um, oh, see, he, I, he does he does angle slam from time to time. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that that's is true. Give it time. She may They may find something for her that's more distinct. Well, I mean, same thing with John Cena, right? I mean, over John Cena's time, he went from, I can't remember what his original move was, but then... It's called like, well, when he was like the prototype, you're talking about yeah. really early. Yeah. Yeah. He was doing like the proto bomb, which was some sort of power it was bomb like, variation. It, it was I like think. the spinning power bomb thing. And then that's right. They finally gave him the, uh, the FU, which they had to repackage for PG 13 purposes to mm-hmm. the attitude adjustment, then the STFU, and then they became the STF. So, yeah, I mean, over time, like, I mean, like, like Jericho is the best example. Wrestlers who have a long career will always redefine and reestablish and redo some kind of signature thing if they want to do it right. Um, and I think, I think you know, like Rhea, like she's got a ton of time. You know, Randy Orton's a perfect example. His, uh, the, the, um, the art, it wasn't the arcade, what was it called? The uh, overture, overturn, um, some kind I'm, of. I'm not sure. It was some kind of uh, overdrive. So he would put oh, your knee, yes. he would put his knee over you as you bend over yep. and then bend down with you spinning your neck. Mm-hmm. It was like a swinging neck breaker with his leg. Yeah. And MVP used to do that move as well for, yeah. for a stretch. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like, you know, you, you find it over time. Christian Cage, Christian with WWE, he mm-hmm. had um, the, the, his move that was very, odd at first then it became the curtain call or something like that like like golden uh, the uh unprettier unprettier uh, yeah. yeah yeah so yeah. i mean it, it takes time and ray is very fresh and you know it could be a thing she has for a while because it is a cool name Rhea ripley riptide but who knows over time mm-hmm. uh it, and it doesn't again it doesn't stop her matches from working in my oh, opinion no, absolutely i mean not. this you know 
even if I was underwhelmed by the final move, the, the match as a whole is still totally excellent. I, I have no doubt that even if she sticks with a riptide, I'm not going to, you know, stop being a fan, you know. Final match, the triple threat match that is surprisingly well done, except for to me, the part where somebody wrote, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we saw a spear versus a spear? <laughs> you didn't like that? You didn't like that midair collision? Just, just, nah, nah. See, see, I saw that and I thought, you know, this is exactly what I would have been, you know, thinking about if I was watching this match as a kid, you know, I'm like, oh my God, you know, if I was a kid watching this match, I'd be thinking, oh my gosh, what if they go for a spear on each other at the same time? What's going to happen? You know, will the ring just explode? You know, who knows? It's never happened before. Uh, so the, the kid in me was entertained, but uh, the adult in me was like, geez, that looked a little silly. You know, they just sort of bumped shoulders midair. I just can't imagine like, like, like athletes on a football field. Like if you were in a defensive drill, like your coordinator's like, all right, guys, show me what you got. And like two dudes just do that. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's not something that anybody would accept logically outside of a wrestling ring. That's that's for sure. I, I will concede that. Uh, but what do you think of the match overall? I mean, I, I was pretty pleased, uh, you know, with the, the actual quality of the match. And, uh, you know, it felt good to go into a main event, really kind of having no idea which way it was going to go. I mean, I felt pretty confident that uh, it wasn't going to be Daniel Bryan. Uh, I thought, you know, I thought Edge was the favorite for sure, uh, but uh, I felt less sure after WrestleMania started because of how that, again, that opening match turned out. You know, I expected Drew to win the opening match on night one, and when it didn't happen, it became clear to me that, you know, sort of the methodology I was using for making my predictions wasn't 100% correct, and that happened to be the case here as well as we, you know, saw Roman win, which... uh while in my opinion it was probably the second most likely outcome, you know, I was still surprised to see it happen. I I was surprised, not shocked after the sure. fact. Totally. Where I thought the reason at first that they put Daniel Bryan, who again, Daniel Bryan is a top performer. I mean, they mm-hmm. they definitely alluded a lot that there was a actual chance that they could have written that Daniel Bryan could have walked away with the belt because of his past, his seven year journey back to like his top performance lever he's right. been like a top face again and, and the whole crowd is on his side but you know overall with edge too like the, the reason i thought daniel bryan was in the match was so that edge could pin daniel bryan to preserve the face of roman as a top mm-hmm. guy and then have the one-on-one match down the road so to me i was surprised but not shocked that they still put roman way over the top had a crazy finish with the concerto to death uh, over Edge and Brian and so on. The double uh, crossface on Roman, which is hilarious. what a great spot. What a great what a spot. Great meme too that needs yeah. to blow up if people like wrestling more with Roman with the with the chair leg in his mouth reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wish that. It's so funny to me how even as Roman as a heel, even Roman as a top heel, even Roman as a top dominant heel, you either love him or you hate him still. 
there's something Absolutely. about that where people still won't go all on board like Brock. And even with Brock, people are like, well, he's too old. Or Brock shouldn't stay here. Brock's eating up airtime for the young guys. Right. But like people who love Brock were like, no, like he's a beast. This mm-hmm. guy makes sense to murder people because look at yeah. him. Everybody, everybody believes Brock Lesnar is a threat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I get what you're saying about Roman. Uh, uh, but I, in my opinion, I think he's finally in. They've finally nailed it with Roman Reigns, in my opinion. You know, people have been saying literally since, you know, 2015, his, his first Royal Rumble win. I think that was that this guy needs to be a heel. You know, the, the crowd won't accept him as a baby face. Uh, and that that proved to be the case time and time again. I mean, how many WrestleMania events, did, main events, did he win before this as a babyface getting booed out of the arena? You know, yeah. Finally, we've got him. He's a top heel, and he's still getting those boos. You know, this is what you know. WWE's big defense of keeping him as a face for so long was, well, you know, if, if we turn him heel, all the people who are cheering him right now are going to start booing him, and all the yep. people who are booing him right now are going to start cheering him. Uh, and you know what? That proved to be not the case because I'm pretty sure everybody was booing him at the end of that main event, and rightfully so. He was the heel. That's how it should be, you know. And yeah, if you hate him, now. he's doing his job. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it, it just feels great, you know, to uh, see them have finally placed this guy who everybody knows has so much talent in the right position to capitalize on that talent. Uh, it, it, it's awesome. And, you know, maybe I'll be, you know, sick of super heel Roman in a few months and I'll be saying, oh, that, you know, this is getting old. But I mean, he's the most legit thing in the WWE at this point. You know, the reason he works so well as a heel uh, right now, because of all that time they spent building him up as an unstoppable baby face, you know, uh, Superman has turned bad. You know, this is what this situation is. And, that's what, you know, WWE's going to look like for the next year. You know, it's pretty interesting. So we said earlier between you and me, you you voted that WrestleMania should stay two nights, even mm-hmm. if pandemic goes away, which hopefully the numbers keep going down, vaccines keep coming out and so on. We go back to live audiences again in a normal world. You agree that normal that, that it could be two. I, 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 I kind of said that, but... The more I think about how many filler matches there had to be, and like, I think WrestleMania starting at like seven, going to eleven thirty, is a good sweet four and a half spot number um, for the over the top interests, whatever live performances there are, uh, promos and so on. But you you can definitely cut a lot of time getting rid of at least a third of the matches that they don't need to be there um see i disagree i think every you know with the uh you know the exception of maybe the uh women's tag team match unfortunately i think every match pretty much deserved to be there uh and almost every match delivered you know is saved for maybe the fiend versus roman roman reign uh the fiend versus randy orton excuse me uh is the only one i you know i I could have you know truly done without everything else i thought was great and I love the idea of them staying two weeks going forward. I mean, you got to think about WrestleMania in normal circumstances. I mean, it's a truly a week long event. There are, you know, comic, you know, conventions and meetups and, you know, fan parties and all sorts of things like that, that surround this whole event for a week, making it two nights, just, you know, 
seems so fitting for me. You know, more people get to get in there and 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 see this incredible show uh, than than would be able to otherwise, uh, or who could stand to otherwise. Again, you know, normal people who you know who are going to WrestleMania just because it's WrestleMania and haven't watched the product are exhausted at the end of a seven and a half hour at WrestleMania. And that's, you know, that's what it was the last time it was in front of people. I don't want to go back to that. I want to stick with two nights. I'm a two night kind of guy. You're you're a guy that's like telling your wife, Hey, this is actually two nights. Yeah. And I think, and I tell you what, I think Lindsay had a much better time watching this one (laughs) than she did watching WrestleMania 35 when it was seven hours. And Andrew, you texted me earlier today. If you wanted me to get Lindsay on the show to represent the, what we called the, the fuck off perspective. And I, I'll pitch this to you right now. She's sitting in the other room. If you'd like, I can bring her in here to do a lightning round of sorts to just give her, you know, quick reactions to each match from both nights. If that sounds good to you. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to pause this to catch a, 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 a moment. I'll tell you what, you go get Lindsay. I'll do a quick promo. Okay. Uh, so I do want to thank everyone for listening so far. We've had a really good month here at a false start. We've had over, um, 1500 downloads in the last couple episodes and the month combined. And that is really well. And then considering all the options that you guys can have, because everybody and their mother has a podcast nowadays. I mean, for God's sake, I have three myself between having false start, the outcome counted podcast and one star reviews. I can attest that it's, it's very flattering and fun to do a podcast, but I'll say this. Uh, I enjoy this one the most because I've been doing it for a while. I've had 100 episodes, including uh, the the Clancy's here. And uh, speaking of which, we do now have Lindsay Heyman Clancy, who's going to give us the lightning round of her thoughts on WrestleMania, tonight WrestleMania 37. Lindsay, are you there? And you have the floor. I'm going to uh, unplug my headphones here uh, so that she can... Uh hear you and and speak into the microphone and everything so let me know if this creates any echo or anything uh but you know we should we should be good to go hold on one second okay just say something andrew all right let's test it out i think we're good perfect yep okay all right Lindsay Heyman, clancy you have the floor on your thoughts your honest thoughts on wrestlemania 37 Okay, so I ended up watching like all of the weekend stuff, (laughs) which was um, a surprise. But I think at least for the first night, I definitely enjoyed. (laughs) I know you look shocked. Um, I'm shocked, too. But also it just kind of like the night got away from us. And I was like, oh, I guess I watched the whole thing. Um, I think the first night was definitely better. Um, And I'm trying to remember. So like we were kind of recapping it before uh, you guys started recording, just so I like remembered the things that I um, thought about uh, certain matches. I think the braid slap was fantastic. The sound (laughs) that it made was like, if you didn't know, it felt like it was a sound effect. Um, but I think a woman's giant braid being slapped across. Yeah. I mean, it sounded like they added, it sounded like they, like it could have been an added effect, but it wasn't. It was just like the thickness of that braid. So I thought that was fun. Um, what else did I say before? Andrew, why don't you give her, you know, just the list of matches? And show I'll give you the rundown. Yeah. So there was the there was a Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt opener. Uh, that one was pretty good. The, I think that uh, one was like pretty decent. 
the overdone, oversized women's crazy tag team turmoil match. Oh, see that one? I thought was actually kind of boring because <laughs> everyone also thought it was boring. It's okay. I thought I, I just like I didn't. I feel like I I under like I've seen matches like that before when like more people keep coming in, but that one in particular, I feel like you didn't have time to see who anyone was. Yeah, it was just like all right, these people lost. Get them out of here. Cesaro versus Seth Rollins, the man who oh. was throwing a man around around and that around. That was so funny. Like that's one of those things where like, you know, I've I've definitely watched more professional wrestling in my life in the past 5 years than I have ever. Um and there's some things that just like even though I know I've seen crazy shit before, that's still so funny to me that these are like professionals in their field and they're like what am I going to do? I'm going to swing a man around by his feet. Three times, twice on his feet and once on my shoulder. That was wild. Oh, yeah. The, the spinning around, like balancing yeah. on the back. That was insane. It's like, have you ever seen a fight between a big brother and a little brother? This is exactly yeah, that, that that's fight. what it feels like. It feels like little kids fighting. <laughs> like that's that. That's the technique. Uh, New Day. This was the New Day. This was ages. And then the giant man. That giant man. Like, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like there, I, I think I was just in shock when that dude came in because like, it's just such a physical anomaly to see a human being that were, you know, where you look at yourself and you're like, we're the same species <laughs> yeah. and it's like a surprise, <laughs> you uh, know? Was- like you're surprised by the fact that you're the same species. And there's another giant man match. This is the one in the cage. Oh, oh my God. The cage went, oh, when he like ripped the cage and dragged another man through that it. one, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Uh, Bad Bunny in his oh, debut. Honestly, I liked that match. That was good. I'll give it. I that. thought that was pretty good. Where they like did that one thing, you know. I I'm using the Vegas terms because I don't know what anything's called. But they did like one move at the same time. Oh, the flip on the outside. Yeah, I thought that was really impressive. Oh, oh yeah. When they did, oh yeah, they did like they uh, like both flipped they, the they other did dudes this at vers- the same the time. Vertical suplex on their own opponents. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I thought that was very impressive for like you know just a you know musician they made bad bunny who's like maybe a buck 20 soaking wet like looked like a million bucks easy <laughs> yeah he i thought he did great i had no idea what to expect and like you know when you see celebrity uh appearances sometimes it's like oh, all right what are right, they gonna like, do they're gonna like here so. but it seemed like he actually like was trying really hard and did well uh and then the women's championship match the lady with the long braid uh oh yeah the long braid i thought that was fun uh, I also was terrified the whole time by like no like having very long hair. As a woman, knowing, you, you fear for her a little bit, right? I, like, I oh yeah, absolutely. I was like, they both had long hair. Honestly, the number of women that let their hair be really long and leave it long, like they don't, you know, put it in a ponytail or like keep it contained in any way, that is just asking to get your head yanked. And oh, yeah. that that just feels like you're giving your opponent an extra weapon. But I guess it also like if you have a, f- a braid that's like 10 feet long, that's like kind of it turns into a, it's it, it's a it's a danger to a point. And then once it gets so long, it like becomes a weapon. Uh, then the next night was the the burned fiend. against oh. Randy Warden out of the jack in a box with a that was bloody very... woman. Yes. So the <laughs> during that match, I kept saying it looked like they were um, actors from Hollow Scream, which is the, <laughs> um, the Halloween event that they do at Bush Gardens. And I'm pretty sure they had like a creepy carnival uh, theme one year because I always have like different themes year to year. And it literally just like lo- they looked like characters that you'd walk through a scare zone yep. and they'd be like and have like some, you know, Party City special effect. 
and then you're on your merry way going to ride a roller coaster. But that they looked like hollow scream performers to me. Like that was the first thing I thought of. I think they were also like, we don't know how to end this match. Hey, how about this woman just bleed over here and we just leave it at that? Yeah, like bleeding black blood. Like, okay. Yeah, made no sense. That Uh, one was was, weird. There was the women's tag team match of the follow-up on that night. The which one? There was another women's tag team match after that. Oh, I don't even remember that. (laughs) That's the best reaction right there. Uh, next it was the two best friends, ex best friends, Kevin Owens. It was the one with Logan Paul for oh. no fucking reason. <laughs> that one, I mean, that was funny because they like brought in Logan Paul and then like he didn't do anything, and then the match ended, and then they were like, "Oh wait, we needed to bring him in to do something. Let's just punch him in the face." <laughs> and ripped off his Which, neck. I thought that was funny. Uh, there was the man with uh, no shoes uh, versus Sheamus uh, who got kicked. Oh, in the, the mouth. very very white man. Very, yes, the very, Extremely very white. Extremely white. Yes. Yeah. Um, that one I thought was like pretty good. I feel like they had pretty different st- like the barefoot guy was very like cagey, kind of jumping around. Mm-hmm. And the other dude was just like very large. I don't know. I was that, that one was fine. I and thought that was a you go from the very, very white man to the very Nigerian man and his giant friend. Okay, so I just don't understand. So I this is the thing that I talked to Manis about regularly whenever this happens because it's happened multiple times in my Uh memory which isn't doesn't even go back that far in terms of wrestling but like where they name matches like it's this long established thing when it's never happened before right like being like it's a nigerian drum match oh shit a nigerian drum match like that's not a thing yeah (laughs) like they just made it up and like are acting like it's a thing like the boneyard match that's the that's like the one that I always remember because it sounds like it could be a thing. Like it's it's close enough that you're like, oh, that could be a thing, but it's not. Like they act, they name something, and then are like, oh, it's this established thing, but it's new. I just think that's weird. It just didn't make any sense to me why it's a Nigerian African themed match with kendo sticks. And it that but like that was it. Like they they could have just said like, oh, well, it's a match with like weapons like they didn't it had nothing to do with nigerian drums other than the fact that that guy was like kind of putting on an accent because apparently he used to not have an accent yeah it's 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 very confusing overall yeah i Uh, just i didn't get what they were going for then there's the match with the woman who looks like the hot topics manager versus asuka (laughs) she does kind of look like a hot topic manager that one i thought was like fine Mm -hmm. um I don't know. That one didn't wasn't like super stand out to me. I definitely have seen Asuka before because she has a very distinct look. Yes. Like I remember. Oh, she looked. I remember what I said when we were watching that one. So she had that green kind of yep. makeup that was like out of her eyes and mouth. It's like and I said kinda. it looked like yep. she had just made out with old Greg. <laughs> because it's a very similar like swampy yeah. kind of chic. So, yeah, that and was my the, thought. In the final finale, the triple threat match, two old dudes in Roman Reigns. Okay, so during that match, I kept saying like we would be watching it, and it's just it's hard because like that you can never have really all three of them fighting each other at the same time. But I feel like every five seconds, I was like, "Where the fuck is Daniel Bryan? Like, where he would do something and then <laughs> be gone for out. like ten, or he would just be like down, you know? Yeah. Like, but they wouldn't show him on camera for a long time. And then they'd be like, "Oh shit, he just jumped from the top rope." It's like, where was he the past five minutes? Um, that one he was resting I, his legs for that jump. 
Yeah. Oh, and we also we were talking about how I guess they like told Edge to dye his beard so he didn't look so old. But like, <laughs> this is just like a PSA to like dudes who are aging and getting color in their beard. Dying yeah. your beard does not make you look young. <laughs> he just looked like the same with a dyed beard. Um, and then Roman Reigns is just you know the wettest hair. The wettest hair. The wettest hair. Like, wettest why hair. is it Love already it. sweaty? <laughs> and yeah, that, that one was fine. I thought it was kind of anticlimactic. Like, I wish, I don't know, like, it that felt like a, a weird ending, but it was fine. I, I, it makes sense if they, like, want to continue that that storyline, I guess, or that feud. Well, I got to say, I am amazingly surprised and proud. <laughs> after, Honestly, me too. After the last episode where we ended with you saying, oh, fuck off. <laughs> 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 well, you know, <laughs> things that, happen that no one can explain or could have predicted. And that is Lindsay Heyman Clancy giving her rundown of WrestleMania 37 2021 <laughs> in Tampa Bay, her hometown favorite team, the Buccaneers. And oh, just, yeah, that was great. And not giving a fuck about COVID out there. Just saying Tampa Bay <laughs> no. don't care. So uh, that has also been Man is Clancy giving his uh, very deep rundown of WrestleMania 37. Always fun yeah, to do long these winded, episodes. If anything, you. my takes were. <laughs> hey, it was a two night extravaganza in that we had to stuff this into the two episode. I might have to split that up now, but <laughs> worth it in the end because I always love uh, getting your thoughts on wrestling and just stuff. Probably won't obviously do these again because they don't get good until SummerSlam as usual. Um, <laughs> so we have a long time to catch up on like other movies like uh, uh, Disney stuff. So we'll get to those in, in, in a couple weeks there. But uh, this has been WrestleMania 37. Again, give us a like, subscribe on anything you were to listen to. Voices on Our Heart Radio, Spotify, uh, Amazon, uh, iTunes, Google Play, all the rest there. And we'll keep doing more episodes there. Uh, this has been WrestleMania 37. Yes, we know it's choreographed, but it's still entertaining, folks. 